Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Every Monday at this time... Colin right, Colin wrong, plenty of both. Where Colin was right. Blazing five went three and two. I had the Giants to cover, the Texans to roll, and Arizona plus the points have not had a losing week since pre-Thanksgiving. It's been a very good second half of the season for us. Three and two on the year, and we're happy about it where Colin was wrong. I think I was a little too optimistic on the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni. They've lost four of five. I don't know what their offense is. How can A.J. Brown not have a touchdown in December? Um, I mean, the reality is they've got some really good offensive personnel, a left tackle, a center, a right tackle, capable running backs, always good tight ends, Jalen Hurts, uh, two receivers. And yet, outside of the tush-push, I don't know what I get. They were outscored, dominated in this game in the second half. I think I've been too optimistic on the Eagles. Where Colin was right. The Sean Payton-Russell Wilson divorce, we had said, we're not sure if this thing's going to work. When they signed Jarrett Stidham before the season to an expensive backup deal, that was a warning sign that Sean had looked at film stylistically didn't think Russell Wilson fit. They have two different personalities. Uh, They clashed on the sidelines once. He was always questioning, simplifying the offense. Uh, You know, the contract stuff aside, that stuff gets ugly all the time in a lot of businesses. But we just didn't think from the very early stages. I thought Sean got the most out of Russ you could get out of Russ at this point in his career. But it's just stylistically and personalities, it's a difficult fit. Where Colin was wrong. I finally professed my love for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. 
and they laid an egg. They trailed 20-0 to the Saints. Uh, Baker did throw for 300-some yards, but most of it was late in the fourth quarter. A little bit of garbage time stuff. Uh, the Saints, and I've got my misgivings about Dennis Allen and that operation right now, but I went all in on Baker, and that was a very weak performance. Where Colin was right? You know I love Kyler Murray. He put on uh, a showcase yesterday. I think he's amazing. 32 first downs, 25 of 31, touchdowns on all four second half possessions. I just think he's magic. I think he throws a beautiful ball. I think he sees the field. I think he is twitchy. Um, Everything. I think he throws a good deep ball, intermediate. Yeah, people say, is he great in the locker room? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm not in the locker room. All I know is that guy generates offense. And if you didn't watch this game closely, uh, I, I thought Arizona could have had 10 more points. I mean, they, they, they just did what they wanted in the second half. Where Colin was right. The Miami Dolphins. Listen, when they beat Dallas, I said, I'm not going to give you too much credit. I don't trust Dallas on the road. I don't think Miami's the kind of team that will be able in the postseason to match up physically with with some of these teams. This game was interesting for a quarter, but all the gaps. um, I mean, they didn't pick up their alerts, their checks, whatever it was on the defensive end, but there was just mistakes all over the field. And again, I think they're fun. I think they're flashy. I think they're fast. I think Mike McDaniel's really clever, certainly capable of winning a playoff game. But this is the kind of game Northeast physical team that I always have my questions about with Miami. Where Colin was wrong. Boy, did I miss on this. By October, I was done with Jordan Love. (laughs) I didn't see it at all. He was tall and athletic, but erratic. He's been terrific. His last seven games, 16 touchdowns and a pick. And remember, all these receivers and tight ends are kids. They're first and second round players. This is the youngest team in the league. So we always knew he had the size. He was athletic. He had a pretty good whip. But i he's really playing under control. I like the fact he's a risk taker. He'll throw it downfield. Um, boy, I was wrong on that one. This kid is really, really, over the last seven weeks, exploded. Where Colin was right? Florida State got beat 63-3. to George is the one that should be upset. They're the one that may, may be better than everybody. Michigan, Bama, Texas, and Washington. And what really bothered me about Florida State, leadership comes in many forms. When the administrators and the coaches pouted and whined and complained nonstop for two weeks, it set the tone in the building. The young players watched it and mailed it in. Obviously, preparation was poor. Many quit. Many transferred. Leadership comes in many forms. Just because you don't get your way, whining and pouting by adults set a really bad tone for this game. Where Colin was right. You know I love spring football, and I know it keeps failing, but yesterday Fox and ESPN jointly announced the UFL. This thing is going to work with legalized gambling in America. I told you years ago I would have invested in the MLS a decade ago. Those have exploded. I would have invested in MMA UFC 20 years ago. I didn't have any money. The UFL, the Spring Football League, the two major sports networks, it's going to work, and both network presidents signed off on it yesterday. Um, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong on a Monday.
All right, great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, new users. The code is HERD. That's me, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. And that takes two minutes. All right, my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Texans at the Colt. Texans minus one. I think they're the better team, better quarterback. I'm going to take the Texans like I did last week to win straight out. Bears at the Packers. Green Bay minus three. I know Eber, Flus, and Justin Fields feel like they're playing for their job, but Green Bay's dominated the series. Better coach, better offense. I take the Packers to win about 27-20. Bills minus three at Miami. I like Buffalo. Dolphins without Nick Chubb, no pass rush. Buffalo wins by a touchdown. Want to take the herd parlay? H-E-R-D parlay? Check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, code is herd when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Third hierarchy. Time is now. Let's go. The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. Listen, I don't love Miami, but I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. I mean, if they, if they beat Buffalo and they get a home game, I mean, Tua didn't play particularly well, but Baltimore embarrassed Detroit, Seattle, the Niners. Baltimore embarrasses a lot of people. They're 9-0 when they allow 20 points or fewer, and I do think Bradley Chubb's injury is a real killer for this team because they're going to give up more points, and that'll mean a pretty quick exit. But we have to acknowledge um, they're fun to watch. They're very explosive. If Tyreek Hill is healthy and running downfield, They're dangerous Miami at 10. Number nine. I love the Houston Texans. They're the first team 
with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to make the playoffs since 2012 in the Colts. Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck. Uh, the bottom line here, C.J. Stroud, he's like a veteran. Four games, no turnovers. Bounce back off the concussion. They've got weapons. Uh, Tank Dell, Schultz the tight end, Nico Collins. I don't think they're a multiple playoff win team, but what a story they are in Houston. Number eight. Listen, Kansas City's bad at receiver. Lead the NFL in drops. Uh, eight straight division title. They got a puncher's chance. But Super Bowl champions generally don't look like this. <laughs> where, where they've got issues all over the field. Uh, I think they're going to win playoff games. Maybe multiple. Um, but it's been rocky. Uh, Travis Kelsey's age is apparent. He limps a lot now. The wide receivers are, they just don't have a one. Rasheed Rice is good. He, he needs another offseason. But Andy Reid, Mahomes, they're a top eight team, certainly capable of winning more than one playoff game. Number seven. I wouldn't want to play the Cleveland Browns. First team to make the playoffs, starting four different quarterbacks. Uh, I, I'm just here to tell you that defense is physical. Joe Flacco has nothing to lose. No team will go into the playoffs more carefree on offense. What are they going to lose? Flacco doesn't care. Flacco's got the back. Flacco's got the trophy. So they're going to come in loose. Nothing to lose. Um, they've been banged up at wide receiver. They get them back. I got Cleveland at seven. Number six. The Rams are not a mystery. Great coach. Great receiving talent. Great quarterback. They're a little like the Washington Huskies. Do you want to play them? With that coach, that quarterback, and those weapons, you want to play them? And one great defensive lineman. Uh, listen, Kyron Williams, the running back, seven straight games over 100 yards. Puka's the rookie of the year, arguably. Uh, great draft. Stafford healthy. Brilliant coach. Again, house money. Nobody thought they'd be here. Like Cleveland and the AFC, they're going to go into this playoff loose. Stafford McVay already have a trophy. I wouldn't want to play him. Number five. The Cowboys. Listen, eight note home, three and five on the road. Uh, you know, I think they are what they are. I don't trust them late in games. That's why I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I don't necessarily trust them on the road. But Dak does lead the NFL in touchdown passes. I still think they should have gone and uh, at the trading deadline, went after Derrick Henry or a better running back. They have no running game. Tony Pollard's, I mean, he is he a two? He was the third-best running back against Detroit. C.D. Lamb's a remarkable talent, but they feel very dependent on C.D. Lamb. Like, wildly dependent on C.D. Lamb. Number four. Detroit. Detroit beat Dallas, be honest. I mean, they, they really did. I, you know, I put Dallas ahead of Miami when they lost. I'm going to put Detroit ahead of Dallas, even though they lost. They're 7-0 when they have 140 rushing yards, and with that O-line and those backs... They get there a lot. I think they can score a lot of different ways. I think they can come from behind and win. They can ball control and win. They've got a pass rush. They have a flawed secondary. Almost everybody in the NFL does. I like Detroit and their story. Highly, highly, relentlessly aggressive, sometimes to a fault. Number three. I'm not going to move the Bills. They've won 13 straight regular season games in December and January, and Josh Allen leads the NFL in touchdowns uh, with 42. I do think the emergence of Cook at running back and the O-line's had their best year in about a half a decade. I do believe this is what a conference championship team looks like. I think they're going to get to the conference championship. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they do not feel as totally reliant on Josh Allen as previous years, and I like what they're doing. 
number two. Uh, San Francisco, I don't think anybody's going to argue. Um, they've won 21 straight regular season games when they score at least 20, and they generally score at least 20. I think they're probably going to rest Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey in the final regular season game. Um, listen, the, the final two spots, nobody's going to argue. San Francisco's two and number one. Number one. Baltimore has humiliated San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, and Seattle. I don't think there's any question. Lamar should be the MVP. And what do you want me to say? I think he's the soul of the team. I think between Harbaugh's chip on his shoulder, Lamar's chip, the toughness, the grittiness, the relentlessness, the competitiveness. I love this franchise top to bottom. Zay Flowers, I know he's like a 5'9 rookie. And a lot of people are like, is he a first-round pick? Holy moly, is that guy a handful? That guy has transformed that receiving core. Sometimes you forget OBJ's on the field. I mean, Zay Flowers is, and by the way, the other kid, Lively, eight, number 80. Like a second-year guy. He's emerged as a star. So Baltimore's been good forever. We've always questioned their receiving core. This year, their receiving core often leads the way. Baltimore at one. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes, and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I thought Joel Klatt was doing one of those uh, talkback things. No, 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 no. Not after games like that. I said, I got to be in studio. I got to be with Colin. Here we go. And your beautiful family. It's the only college game you get to go to all year yeah. and just be a fan. Well, that's right. It's uh, The Rose Bowl is, and there's a picture that you're, you're seeing right now. There's, oh. there's uh, me and my bride and my three boys. It's the only game I get to go to college game and take my three sons and just watch. And that, I mean, what... What a special afternoon that was. By the way, they interviewed uh, Jack Harbaugh, his mom and dad, after the game. And they, you know where Jim and Jim... Oh, yeah. Jim is Jack. And Jim and Jack is... I mean, they're like identical people. It's incredible. So you watch the Michigan game, and they, listen, they held Bama to 90 yards in the first. I thought mm-hmm. offensive-defensive line play, I thought Michigan was better. Yeah. Their special teams were a disaster. And I watched yeah. Michigan seven times this year. The special teams were fine. Yeah. Um, can we just say, I said this earlier, they're 20-year-old kids, Washington special teams, Michigan special teams. Michigan was the better team and almost gave it away. Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. Um, Michigan was the better team. This yeah. is why Jim didn't have to go for two at the end of the game because he just thought, like, well, we're just going to continue to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's exactly what ended up happening. In a lot of ways, Bama was fortunate to be in the position that they were I in thought- because of the – I mean – the miscues of the special teams were egregious I've never miscues. Seen like it. it was wild to see Michigan like that. But that you know this this team has ever since I've started covering them had a chip on their shoulder, and and they would say behind closed doors, you know, we want to go out there and prove that we're more physical than than an SEC team, that we're faster, we're stronger, we're better than an SEC team, and and in a lot of ways they they proved that this year at least, and. I totally agree with you. Michigan was 
a, a completely a better team outside of Jalen Milrow making some plays and then the punt team for Alabama. That was the best unit on the field. It was the punt <laughs> team for Alabama flipping the field a few times. Okay, Ravens best team in the NFL. Michigan looks like the best team in college football. What's the connection I'm hearing? Well, about? I mean, the connection runs so much deeper than anybody actually realizes. And it goes back to the COVID year when there was talk when Jim Harbaugh was going to be fired. Yeah. And and they wanted to to walk away from Jim and restart and, and do something else. And and they stuck with him. He took that reduced contract and his move, his switch was calling his brother. And he said, Hey man, like I have to get it right, and I have to beat Ohio State specifically, and I'll tie that in here in a little bit. And he called John. He said, I need your defense. Give me two guys. And he gave him Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter, and he said, choose one. And he chose Mike McDonald, and Mike McDonald was the defensive coordinator at Michigan for 2021, and Jesse went to Vanderbilt in order to get coordinating experience from that tree. Okay, so Jesse goes, and he's... Jim told John, like, I don't want to choose. Both of these guys are great. I could take either one. And John says, well, you got to choose one, and the other will go coordinate at, you know, at Vanderbilt. So he chooses Mike McDonald. Mike then goes back to Baltimore to be the defensive coordinator. So what does Jim do? Hey, give me the other guy. And so he brings in Jesse Minter. And now Jesse Minter and Mike McDonald are both coordinating the two best defenses in football. And they're running a very similar, if not the exact same scheme. And now what you're starting to see both in the NFL and in the college ranks is that people are chasing down this scheme. They all want a piece of what's going on. And what's going on is they build a run front with their defensive tackles. They play hard edges on the outside with those rush ends. And then they've got hybrid players in the middle of their defense. Linebacker, nickel, and safety with good solid cover guys on the edge. And that's what they've built, both of them. And they're eerily similar. And you've seen them dominate both levels of football in the NFL and college. And it goes back to that COVID year. Jim calling John and saying, I want your two best, brightest, young guys and he gave him Mike McDonald and Jesse Miller. I saw Texas in Tuscaloosa power through Bama. I saw Bama's O-line could not block Michigan for big chunks of the game. Do we look at Bama and say, listen, they're still a very good program, but it's different now. It's different now. They're getting pushed around this year by two teams and by the way, Washington beat Texas. Yeah. So I, I looked at Alabama and I'm like, that's the fourth best team if Georgia was in this thing, they're better than – I think if they played again – Yeah, they I weren't mean, that one day, but I think Georgia on the on just, the whole of the season I was mean, better. I, I have not seen a Bama team dominated up front like Texas did late in Tuscaloosa <sighs> and like Michigan did. You know, I, I don't think it's the end of Bama. They, don't, they recruit they'll too. They'll be good. They'll, they'll good. continue to be Very good. good. I think what you're seeing is not necessarily like the demise of, of a singular team as much as what you're seeing is the – What's the word? The proliferation is that the proliferation of talent throughout the country, and yeah. that's that's now transfer portal and NIL. And what you're seeing now is yeah. is that you're not seeing the loaded great teams, and you're seeing like six, seven, eight really good teams. I, I think it's better for the sport. I also think it's better for the sport, and I think that played out yesterday in those two games, which both were outstanding. But what you're seeing now is is you're seeing the opportunity for schools to use the development model in order to be elite teams in the sport. Michigan's not littered with five-star players no, like don't, Georgia and Bama. They don't have a, a dumb. None of their receivers could start for Washington. I don't think. That, I mean, maybe Roman Wilson, maybe, maybe, and, and Colson Loveland, the tight end. He would no, be on good. the field. Yeah, he's, he's, an, he's an excellent player. But you bring up a, a, a strong point. I would also do this. Like, if you're looking forward, this matchup to me. 
I immediately started thinking to myself, well, this is a matchup that is right in the wheelhouse for Michigan. And, and it's like, well, why, why is that? Well, this version of Michigan goes back to the phone call to John Harbaugh. What did Jim have to do? Beat Ohio State. What was Ohio State in 2020 and 2021? C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's the exact team with a different logo that Michigan said, we have to build ourselves to beat them. The 21 Ohio State team is basically the 23 Washington team. Yeah. And so Michigan is uniquely suited to play Washington. To play Washington. Yeah. They built themselves for this style. Yeah, no, this, I said this. I thought Texas, I, I took Washington money line yesterday. My take is Texas, it was a bad matchup for them. That's right. Their that, pass defense wasn't good enough. So even if they outplayed Washington, Washington would just come down the field if you did a prevent defense late and move at will. Michigan's a different ball game. Good I secondary. Agree. So I want to go to Texas, Washington. I'm from the Northwest, bit of a homer. I would say this, though. I watched Michigan special teams implode. Alabama's offense implode. Brilliantly coached Washington special team almost give the, the game away. Mm-hmm. We bang on Sark for his in-game coaching. These are 20-year-olds. That's right. Not 29 to 34-year-old pros. I agree. I mean, Sark got his team there. He won in Alabama. Washington was a bad matchup for him. Okay, so I agree with a lot of that. If if you're just running down the Texas angle, um, if if this team was going to live by the sword and die by the sword, aggressive play calling on first down. That's what Sark is. We talked about him yeah. having time and building a matchup, building yeah. a game plan, and and that's what he is. Think about what he did to Bama the last couple of years. What was it? Aggressiveness early. What he did to get Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Aggressiveness early. And, and what that does, though, is it leads to a situation where if his quarterback is not playing great, yeah. It's second and ten. And now all of a sudden, their first six third downs of the game were third and ten or more. Well, that's that's not a recipe for success. You cannot sustain that offensively. So, again, that's not a Sark problem. I think what's going to end up happening is I think that there's going to be a lot of heat on Quinn Ewers. That's what I think. And and in particular because of those four plays to finish the game. Yeah. Now, you can we could debate like the the clock rules and what happened with Dylan Johnson that even allowed Texas to go down the field in the first place. That was kind of wild with the injury and the timeout. That was a huge break for Texas. Huge. I mean, literally a, a game-changing break the thing washington didn't want to do the only thing that would get them in trouble is a player getting hurt and stopping the clock which which again like i don't know how to address it in the rules but that needs to be addressed <laughs> like obviously that's clear but you go down and now like that aside texas has first down 15 seconds from what was it the 12 yard line 11 yard line right around there and 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 they've got great wide receivers they've got what's supposed to be a good quarterback and that sequence at the end was awful it was terrible. As a quarterback, you've got to know that you can't throw a swing route. He did that like a fake pitch and then throws the swing on first down. I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what was that? Then he panics on second down, throws it out of bounds. On third down, makes a quality play to save a fourth down attempt. He's getting pressure. He kind of dumps it out. And on fourth down, Colin, this is where I think Texas fans are going to be really upset, is that Adonai Mitchell was open. He's open. If Michael Penix is on the field, that ball is thrown with co- correct velocity, trajectory, and leverage, and is a completion. Yeah. And Ewers threw the wrong ball. Yeah. It's 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 about 
pitch selection, yes. not play selection. The play was correct. Mitchell's open. He's got a back shoulder pylon throw waiting for him. It's there. The defense was wrong. They were misplaying the formation. They were misplaying the leverage. And Ewers lofts a fade. Yeah. Basically out of bounds. Guess what? Newsflash, 100% of passes that are out of bounds are incomplete. Yeah. You've got to give yourself a chance in yeah. that one. And that's what Pinnock does such a good job of is his pitch selection and accuracy and leverage is uncanny. He reminds me, he does, I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow, but this, this team reminds me from play caller to weapons to quarterback, Pinnock and Burrow have this ability, this calmness mm -hmm. that is... Um, yeah, it's funny. Penix has been sacked in his career fewer times than Caleb Williams got sacked this year. Wow. And think think about the hyper-athleticism of Caleb. And my takeaway is Michael's very unique. Burrow is. You look at Burrow and you're like, he's not that big, doesn't have a power arm. And you're like, yeah, I think he's better than Mahomes today. Sometimes great is hard mm -hmm. to figure out. What is Penix? Because when I watch him... He sees the field better than it feels like 90% of the NFL. So Michael Penix is an elite quarterback. Elite quarterback. I think he should be drafted in the top five. Yeah. No doubt. I think the the knee injuries will scare people off. No question. And 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 they he might fall, but I don't think he gets past ten. Because what you see is 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 directly comparable to what he needs look, to do at the National Football League level. Look, look at how when the pocket collapses, absolutely calm total calmness and even when he's not ready to throw he manipulates the pocket with with ease to get himself into a Jeez. position to make throws and let me point out something uh, something else there, there is a huge difference between guys that throw the ball well and guys that pass the football well and Michael Penix is a passer. And the difference is, is that he understands leverage. And, and understanding leverage, you take a guy that's accurate with the football, and then when you watch all of these plays, Colin, what sticks out? The ball is always away from the defense. Yeah, it's very Brady-esque, very yes. Burrow-esque. And, and it's like an entry pass in basketball to a postman. It's always away from the defense. He's always allowing his player an opportunity to make a play. He's always putting the odds in these wide receivers receiver's favor. It's not a 50-50 ball. It's a 60-40 ball. At, at worst, it's a 70-30 ball. It's a 90-10 it's a ball. Why? Because he understands leverage. That's passing the football. He takes it to another level and he protects himself well with both timing and the manipulation in the pocket to be, of being an athlete. This guy is an elite player. I think he upgrades 13 NFL teams next week. And if I was if I was drafting next spring, oh, I would I would really look at this guy, Michael Penix is. A, and by the way, this whole narrative, and you know who you are if you push this, that the the Heisman was done before the the conference championship games, and it wasn't a conversation between Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I mean, it just means that you didn't watch Washington football. Thank you, because Jaden Daniels, as incredible as his season was, did it against Grambling and Georgia State to the tune of eleven touchdowns. Yeah. So you can pad your stats in a yeah. three-loss team, or you can be undefeated and have to be have to be the catalyst for your team, which he was. Michael Penix is an excellent player, and the fact that it wasn't even a debate at the end for the Heisman Trophy just shows that people don't watch Washington football. Yeah. In the Northwest, we don't pad our stats. It's just not how we roll. Wow. Okay, so...
You know, can I, uh, I'm not a, 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 you know, pet, people have asked me, you know, you go on these conventions or something, talk radio, and does anything bother you, Colin, about the industry? And I'm like, I get paid, I'm off at noon, not much, cocktails by four. <laughs> and my life's just one. The everyman. You know, it, America's honesty life. broker. It's a good life. I, it's not like you're uh, slumming it either, pal. So anyway, the point is. Not saying I am. So when I it's hear. It's almost golf season. When I hear, <laughs> when I hear this. The NIL is ruining the sport. The Liberty Bowl is dying. I'm like, bye-bye. Everybody has a funeral. My point is, this is great. If you're giving me this year with Dion, Did you just say that? Everybody has a funeral? I'll have one. I'm about you know, 20 years away, depending on my lifestyle. <laughs> the point being is, nothing lasts forever. Oh, except in our memories, which is a line from, uh, what is it? River runs through it. Um... You're exactly right. I love this year. A hundred percent. The best year in a the decade. The only bad part of this year is that there were not more teams playing playoff games. That we didn't get a chance to see Florida State play a playoff game yeah. or Georgia play a playoff game, right? Like, I want to see Ohio State play a playoff game and not have all the transfers and, and, and opt-outs. And by the way, kids, Ohio State's quarterback wouldn't opt out. If he had a playoff game. I, I agree with that. I, I very much do. And if this year proved anything to, to us in college football, it's that the playoff expansion is so needed. Oh, We are desperate for it because, and here's the thing, those, those that are clamoring for either a non-expansion or, you know, railing against these new elements of college football, oh they, you know what they want? They also probably on Friday night want to be like, hey, let's get the microwavable popcorn and go rent a video from Blockbuster. Exactly. That's what they want. It's like they, you want the past. You just want the past. You want what we had when I was a kid, which was set up three TVs, the only three in the house, watch with your dad, eat some wings, and watch all the games on New Year's Day. But yeah. that's not reality. Here's the other thing that nobody wants to acknowledge is that those bowl games, I'm not going to bore you with my labyrinth of amazing sources. The point being is they don't make any money for networks half of them nobody goes to the ratings are and eh, depends on the bowl in the end this big 10 explosion washington oregon usc ucla this sec explosion texas oklahoma is driven by networks because the audience wants big brands playing each other over and over and college football's had one issue my entire life and we both agree with this the schedule. Yeah. They're uneven. The good teams fear playing other good teams. Are you kidding me now? I'm going to get on any Saturday. Penn State's in Eugene. Michigan's in Seattle. USC's at Camp Randall. Ohio State's hosting UCLA. Texas is at Georgia. Oklahoma's hosting Bama. We're going to get more big, gigantic games. Yesterday was four big brands. That's the best day of college football I can remember in my life. In a, in a long time. In a long time. I mean, to, to, to your point, the schedule, do you know next year Michigan's going to play Ohio State, Washington, and Texas? And they're who, all, who, who's like who's sitting there except for maybe whoever's going to be the head coach from Michigan saying like oh I don't know about that nobody is saying that because we all want to see exactly. those types of games I th th this new era of college football I think is going to be great what we need is just some guardrails and yeah. we need some little tweaks like for instance Colin we should have the playoff start right after the regular season when college football is hot continue playing I don't know like that's a thought well hasn't December been dead forever. Of course. You sit around waiting for the Sun Bowl. Now December is going to be filled with number eight 
Florida State. Picked I think we should number four Ohio State. I think that we should end the college football season with a national championship on January first. I think the national championship. If you're asking me if I if I'm in the room. I'm saying that that setting, Michigan and Alabama, the sun setting with the San Gabriels, the Rose Bowl, that tradition, the longest running bowl game in, in football, right? But longer than the Super Bowl, any of them. Yeah. That should be the national championship game every year. It makes the most iconic brand in college football, the Rose Bowl, the ultimate destination for every team in college football. And you end it on the first before the NFL gets to the playoffs. Then you can open up the transfer portal. Then you can have high school recruiting and you fix the the calendar yeah. and scheduling and destination all in one fail swoop. You know, I said one of the things I love about college football, and I, I hear this occasionally, well, it's not as good as the NFL. All right, all right, time out. You're right. NFL's Rich Carlton, it's closer to Marriott. But I've been to the Marriott Sports Bar, three cocktails deep, kids at the pool. It's a good time, too. I mean, I think it's a little bit more like Hampton by Hilton, if you know what I mean. Free breakfast in the morning, coffee, waffles. So here's my point. You know how they always say this when you have kids? The years fly by, the days are long. College football's got kids. They screw up. The special teams are embarrassing. It's driving you crazy. But as a consumer, I'm exhausted watching college football because I've got kids and their careers are at stake. When I watch the NFL, LeBron James, or I watch Patrick Mahomes, I don't sweat. They're all rich. They're all great. College football's flaws, yes, it's not. It's not the most expensive hotel on the block, but it's fun. It's, it's vulnerable. It's kids. Well, it's, it's drama. It's, it's also tribal. Remember... None of you that go to an NFL game or watch an NFL game were a part of that organization. But if you went to Michigan, you are Michigan. If you went to Alabama, you are Alabama. It's a part of you. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. It's your family. Yeah. That's and, and so the tribalism of college football is actually much greater than any pro sport. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Like the quality of the actual sport is better, but the entertainment value and the tribalism of college football is starting to become very, very good. And by the way, it's so far and away the most popular uh, of any other sport in our country outside of the NFL. I mean, it's far and away more popular than the NBA or, or, or hockey or Major League Baseball, for that matter. It, it trumps all of those by a wide margin. Ohio State and Michigan had 19 million viewers. The next time even a World Series game gets 19 million viewers, 19, let me know. 12. That's, that's, my, that's my point, right? Be, yeah. and, and why? Because it's tribal. Well, and the other thing that was great yesterday, Washington dominates Texas, but their 20-year-olds made egregious mistakes that you don't make in the NFL. Those games would have been over in the NFL. Washington wins by 10. But in college, you keep letting teams back in. Yeah, Michigan special teams, they just kept letting Bama back in the game. So the flaws end up being just jet fuel for drama. Yeah. Those games, Michigan was better and Washington was better for most of the game. But the mistakes and what kids do made those games riveting. I, I was 
exhausted. Do you know how many times you're having a great family dinner and then all of a sudden it's just like something spills? Because it just got a little bit crazy and, yeah. and out of hand. It's like, you know, yeah. and it spills and it's like, no, darn. well, you know what? It's it's life having kids. I like that analogy a lot. And and the tribal nature of it, I think, oh, is, is important. All right. I'm done talking. Um, <laughs> Clat, you drove. You had some kind of. I, I came up here just for you. It's like two uh, percent J Mac, ninety eight percent you. Yeah, you know we're trying to reduce uh, J Mac's role. Yeah, because it's uh, the. Uh, well, then you know what? Act like I didn't bring him up. <laughs> All right, sorry, J Mac. Everybody has a funeral. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Be sure to catch live editions of the Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCP. PG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's a hot one. Let's blaze it up. Fire it up. It's Collins Blazing Fire. Falcons at six. I've been warned for years not to take Atlanta. They're the side this week. First of all, hey, their defense has been sneaky good this year. Last two weeks, they lead the league in sacks. Their defense has been top five and six. Offensive line, they're four and one when they rush for 150 plus rushing yards. Saints can't defend the run. Alvin Kamara probably doesn't play. You know what the Saints average when Alvin Kamara doesn't play? 17 points. I get the better defense. The consistent pass rush, the offensive coach, if Atlanta wins, they're in. I know. 
I like Atlanta plus three. Falcons win upset 24-23. Seahawks at Cardinals. Okay, I like Seattle initially. I don't now. I'll take Arizona plus three. Seattle's defense has gone into the toilet. Uh, Kyler Murray is making his eighth start. Coming off his best game. They're averaging 348 yards when he plays. That would make them 10th best offense in the league. The Seahawks' offensive line, they can't sustain a run game. It's ranked 30th. Geno Smith has regressed with every stat. You can't hide his flaws. This defense is allowing 5.9 yards a play. What did Arizona do against the bad defense last weekend? It's a young coaching staff. They want to win this game. Arizona is all in. Kyler Murray wants to prove. I got the bag. I'm worth every penny. The Seahawks' defense since week nine is egregiously bad. Pete Carroll, I don't know what's happening. I'll take the points. Arizona wins straight out 27-24. Bears and Packers. I like Chicago plus three. They've won four of five. And their offense the last two weeks is pretty good, right? Green Bay's defense stinks. There's no other way to say it. Chicago's defense doesn't. It's the number one scoring defense since week 12. Allowing just 15 a game. Leads the NFL with 16 picks, 18 takeaways over the last six games. Packers are 2-2 two and two over the last four games. They've beaten Jaron Hall and Bryce Young. Green Bay's defense is a mess. They're going to make a coordinator change. Two of their last three games, they allowed 30-plus. I think the Bears are the side. I don't think Green Bay's defense scares me. I'm going to take the Bears with an upset, 28-27. Eagles and Giants. Giants plus five and a half is the side. You know, Tyrod Taylor, he doesn't make any mistakes. Three and three over their last six games. They're coming off a game against the Rams. They could have won, and the Rams are red hot. Tyrod Taylor is averaging in his three healthy starts this year. The Giants averaged 355 yards. The Eagles are 1-4 and four over their last five games. In the NFL, since week eight, Philly has the worst defense period in the league since week eight. We can show you all the numbers. They're like last on, on half the stats. Philadelphia can't stop anybody. It's a personnel issue. Maybe it's a coaching issue. Maybe it's a culture issue. There's no way Philadelphia goes on the road with that defense and Tyrod Taylor, and I'm giving up five and a half points. I think we got an upset. Giants 27-26. Take the points. Bills at Dolphins. Here's the Bills. I'll take the Bills as a favorite, minus two and a half. I, I think the, the line feels off. Now, the Bills were initially, uh, I think for a, about an hour, weren't, weren't they in Weren't they an underdog for about an hour in this game that it got bet to the Bills are now favored by minus two and a half? With Nick Chubb's injury, Miami now, two of their best pass rushers gone. Under Sean McDermott, they're 12-2 and two against Miami. Josh Allen's last four games against the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, come on. He looks like Michael Penix against Texas' secondary. He lights up Miami like nobody else. The Dolphins are 1-4 this year against the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Ravens with a minus 84-point differential. Every time Miami plays a good, hungry team, they get whacked. Tua, career in December and January. What is he? Cold weather. Tua's 10-9 and nine in 19 games. Bills win. 33-27. Blazing five. Been blazing for three, four months. So I like dogs. They're barking this week. Falcons plus three. Cardinals plus three. Bears plus three. Giants plus five and a half. How can Philadelphia be a five and a half point favorite with that defense on the road? Give me a break. And the Bills. 
Did you blaze up a joint when you were uh, making these picks? Four dogs? I don't do dogs this year. I've been a favorite guy this year. You, you. I would sooner get in a shark cage off the Great Barrier Reef than back to Falcons. <laughs> I mean, that is insanity. Wow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.